morning. Good reminder, uh, good advice about how to always have your eyes open to opportunities that God gives you. Uh, if you pray for opportunities to share your faith, God will put those in your life. And uh, so you have to be aware of it, or you may not even realize it. Um, I want to give a special congratulations. Uh, you know, it seems to be happening more and more often for our town, which is kind of good. Uh, but a special congratulations to the men's varsity basketball team of St. John's Christian Academy. They won the Skiza 2A state championship yesterday. So we have a couple in our church that are on the team. So uh, let's give them a round of applause for that. So that's good for our community, good for our town, good to see some of our boys winning. And uh, I was talking to one of the moms, and I said, did you know at the beginning of the season that they were going to win the state championship? She said, oh, yeah, I knew. <laughs> if you knew this mom, it wouldn't surprise you. But anyway, uh, but, you know, they, they, every team thinks they're going to do well, but not, not every team might think they'll win the whole thing. Uh, but I bet the, the more they played and they realized they had a good team as they got into the playoffs, I could, I could see them probably desiring to win that state championship. They probably knew, okay, we can do this. This is a goal. And this is a desire, and it might not have worked, but it came through, and last second shot was really cool to see. I saw the highlights on the news, and, and that desire uh, became a reality. Today we're talking about God's desire to bless his people. He has a lot of desires for our lives, and uh, one is to bless us. And we're looking at that today in uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Uh, this is... Uh, a blessing. Many denominations will actually uh, have this read every week. Uh, we don't as a Baptist church, but you might have heard it before. It's called the Aaronic Blessing. Not ironic, but Aaronic Blessing, because Aaron spoke. And it says in verse 22, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put My name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Father in heaven, we thank You for this building, to be able to come in here today to worship You in spirit and in truth. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God that has our best in mind. That's your nature. Uh, our best, Lord, we know, and we must humbly realize, is not always maybe our own selfish desires, but your desires for our betterment is for our good. So Lord, I, I pray that you would show us today how you desire to bless us, that you uh, uh, preach through me, that my words reflect your heart, that your spirit uh, is here today through my preaching, and that we receive it as well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you today three ways that God desires to bless you. Three ways God desires to bless you. Number one, He desires to bless you by giving you protection. By giving you protection. We don't think about protection being a blessing, but it is. If you have a roof over your head, you are protected from the elements. If you have uh, indoor plumbing, you are protected from all sorts of things. If you have indoor heat and cooling system, you are protected from the elements. And that's a blessing. Amen? 
Some of you that may years ago might not have had that or have experienced it. Or if you've ever been camping, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so God desires to bless you, giving you protection. So protection is very much a blessing. Look at verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The first thing that we need to see is that God is the originator of blessings. Now, God told Moses to tell Aaron what to say. And Aaron pronounced the blessing, but the Lord is the one who blesses, even though Aaron was the speaker. Now, so what does it mean to bless? Well, in English, to bless someone, if you look up the English kind of uh, uh, meaning of it, it means to do something to enhance a person's happiness or welfare. To enhance a person's happiness or welfare. So if you do something for someone nice or someone does something not for nice to them, you'll say, wow, thanks for blessing me. And that's really what it means. It's this idea of helping someone's life, serving them in some way. Uh, you bless people when you do something that makes their life easier or better. So we've all been blessed in that way from people, or we should have at some point in our life. So that is a blessing. That's why so many Christians whose happiness, they have good happiness or they have good welfare, they often say that God has blessed them because indeed He has, and they realize this truth. But in the Bible, uh, a blessing is a desire for God to give His favor on other people. So it's, not, it's much more than just a, a helping your situation, it's giving His favor on others. And for the Jews, this blessing was somewhat contingent on their obedience. And God's desire was to bless them and keep them to protect them. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. The fact that God is faithful in who he is and what he does and what he says should help our trust in him. His nature props us up and actually guards us against the schemes of the evil one, against the schemes of Satan. We don't often think of that, but that's just what's happening. As a believer, there are many times, many ways, where God simply will not let Satan touch you. We may not know what that is or when that is, when it happens, but God is protecting us from that. God's Word tells us that here in 2 Thessalonians. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It also tells us this, that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You know, when I was a little boy, I was really tempted to become a Clemson fan. And my parents sent me to a Carolina game, and I was spared that temptation all those years. You know, that's a really bad joke. I should be booed off the stage for that. But, but seriously, though, right? He provides a way of escape. Now, we are tempted here only in ways that we can be successful in escaping in the power of the Lord. Think about that again. We are tempted only in ways where we can be successful in escape through God's power. Is that not comforting to you? Is that not encouraging to you? The devil made me do it is not an excuse. 
Because it tells us right here that no temptation has overtaken you to sin that is not common to man. Whatever you're tempted to sin to do, someone else has had that same temptation. And God's not going to give you more than you can't handle in His power. It tells us this clearly. Now, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that promise is not for you. You have no spiritual power to resist Satan. You don't. We see this throughout the entire world. We see how the devil gets in the world and works through people, and they can't resist him. We see this all throughout our society. But if you are born again, blood-bought, believer in Jesus Christ, no temptation is too much for you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God is protecting you. He always gives you a path to escape the temptation. Why? Well, because his desire is to protect his people. Look at Psalm 91, verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent will tr- you will trample underfoot. When you make God your dwelling place, when you are trusting in Him, that's what that means, He protects you from the problems of the world. Now, we're not immune from them, but we're protected from a lot of them. He actually says He sends angels to guard you. If you've driven in this area recently, you know that to be true. The other day I was, I was driving, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday, I was driving around a lot of different places, and, and I don't like speed, but I don't go slow, right? I kind of go normal. And all kind of crazy people were on the roads, I don't know what was going on. And there were a couple times where I knew that something had intervened. Uh, because a couple of times someone almost hit me a few times. And, 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 and there's angels guarding us, picking us up when we fall, when we don't even know it. Right? And these are the things that typically befall people. He talks about them. He talks about sicknesses and, and violent animals and things. He says these things will not be effective against you. What may cause other people to fall will not cause those who dwell in the Lord to fall. Again, it doesn't mean that we're invincible. It means that most of the time God's going to protect us, and He'll protect us even more if we don't put ourselves in harm's way. You know, if you don't want the bear to tear you to pieces, don't go inside his cave. Amen? A lot of times by following God's command, we can have protection back, because his his desire is to protect his people. Think about it. If you have children, if you have grandchildren, you are going to protect your children. Amen? Amen? (laughs) Now, part of parenting is to prepare them for life. But, it, but, it, but when they're young, we have to protect them because they're not ready to be prepared. We have to protect them. And, and in fact, if I have like 17 children, it feels like, but I only have four. Uh, but if one of my child, children is hurting the other, it doesn't matter which one it is, uh, the, 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 the wrath of, that, of, my, of the father comes out a little bit, the, the righteous wrath, because I don't want to see any of my children hurt by any of my children. Now, they love each other and everything, but they'll fight from time to time and, and I'm going to protect the one that is in danger of being hurt. See, God desires to bless us, and He desires to protect 
his children, and that protection is a blessing of God. Secondly, God desires to bless you by giving you grace. Grace is not the same thing as protection. It's a little different. He desires to bless you by giving you grace. Verse 25, the second part of this blessing says this, The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. See, protection is one thing. Grace is another. Grace is giving us good things that we don't deserve, that we haven't earned. We get saving grace when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but we get enabling grace throughout our life. His, he brings favor into our lives. Look at Psalm 35. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. God's anger, his discipline is rare, but his favor he gives us forever. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, 8. We got that on the screen there, 2 Corinthians. And God is able to make all grace abound for you, or to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God gives us enabling grace so that we may be successful in every good work of the Lord. If it's of God and He's called you to it, you'll be successful. Now, you don't, that, what that look, might look like to you might be different than what you think it should be. But in the Lord's eyes, it will be successful. Look at 2 Timothy 1.9. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Before time began, God had a purpose for my life and your life and your life and your life. He called us to himself because of his own purpose. Yes, you're saved because God loves you, but you're also saved because God has a purpose for your life. And it's not your purpose, it's his purpose. And when you're living in his purpose, you find your purpose and you find more grace. Think about it like this. Let's say that you are $1 million in debt. Whew, that would be rough, wouldn't it? But what about, what, what if you're $1 million in debt and you didn't know it? You had no idea that you owed that much money. And furthermore, you have no idea how you got into that much debt. And then one day you just, you just realized, wait a second, I owe $1 million to all these different people. What, what, what happened? I can't pay it back. And then you're told that if you don't pay it back, you're spending your life in prison. What a hopeless situation that would feel like. Then a, a man comes into your life and says, you don't remember how you got into this position? You don't remember how you got to the position where you owed a million dollars? Then this person reveals to you all the poor decisions you made over the years and all these things that happened. And then all of a sudden you remember, oh yes, I do remember that now. I borrowed all that money that I couldn't pay back and it got worse and it got out of hand and I now have no hope. And then the man says, well, even though you incurred this debt on yourself, and even though you're responsible for this debt, that you should pay it, I'm going to tell you what, I am going to pay it for you. Now, this doesn't make sense to you, but take the money and pay all these debts with this money. What would you do? 
You take it, right? First of all, you would think, is it, am I dreaming? Is this too good to be true? You take it, and you'd write the check for a million dollars or whatever. You have to split it up to pay all your debts. You would pay it, and you would be debt-free. You could go on the Dave Ramsey show and talk about how you became debt-free, right? You see where I'm going with this illustration with the gospel? Okay. Now, it doesn't end there, though. That saving grace was given. That debt is gone. But then what, happened, what would happen if every month you went to the mailbox and there was a check? The next month there was another check. Not for a million dollars, but another check. And this man kept sending you checks every month for the rest of your life. The debt's paid, but he keeps giving you more. He keeps giving you more grace. Now why would he do that? For you to squander on it and spend it on yourself? <coughs> no. He keeps giving it to you so you can use it for his purpose and his glory. He uses those checks he gives you the rest of your life <coughs> to help others who are also in debt. Did you know that? When you help people, you're helping them for the glory of God. That's God's purpose for your life. He desires you to bless you by giving you grace so that you can turn, give grace to others. Number three, God desires to bless you by giving you peace. By giving you peace. Look at verse 26. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is the last part of the blessing. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. What's a countenance? The Bible's talking about lifting up his countenance. What he's saying is that he lifts up his face toward you. God has his face turned to you. He's staring right at you. Now, it's not an intimidating type of stare. It's a loving stare. And it's not a creepy stare. It's a, it's a stare that says, I'm turning my face toward you. You have that peace. Before, when you were in sin, before Jesus, God's face was turned away from you. He couldn't look upon your sin because of his holiness, but now he's staring right in your face. That's what that means. He's looking at you for the rest of your life. His face is upon you. And this might seem kind of creepy, but sometimes when she doesn't realize it, I just stare at my wife's face. Now, sometimes I do it to kind of be like, an annoying little, little brother type person, right? Because I was a little brother, had an older sister. But sometimes I do that, right? But she's my wife. I'm allowed to stare at her as much as I want. But sometimes if she's reading a book or she's watching TV or she's on her phone and we're close to each other, I just stare at her face. I look at her head and her hair and her eyes and her eyebrows and her nose and every little thing. And I just stare at her until she finally says, what are you looking at, right? <laughs> I, just, I just stare at her until she finally says something. Now, I do that because I love her, right? Now, if I had some deep resentment against her or some hate, I wouldn't want to look at her, right? I would avoid her. But because I love her and want to be with her, I enjoy looking at her. And because we have a good relationship, there's peace in our marriage when I can look at her, and there's peace in our life when I can look at her. It's the same with God. When God's looking at you, there's peace. Because he loves you. 
He wants to be with you. His face is turned toward you. And when his face is turned toward you, there's peace in your life because he loves us and he's interested in us. And that should give us an overwhelming feeling of peace. If someone, if anybody can come up to you and look you in the face, usually that's a good sign. Look at Psalm 54.4. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. God's helping us. He, he holds our life together. Look at Hebrews 13.6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And, that, and the answer to that question is supposed to be nothing. When God helps us and is looking at us and his face is toward us, he gives us peace. What, who do we have to fear? No one. We have God looking at us and looking over us and blessing us. And he is the author of the universe. Look at Psalm 121 too. My help comes from who? From the Lord. And what did he do? He made heaven and earth. God wants to bless you by giving you peace. God wants to bless you by giving you grace. God wants to bless you by giving you protection. Now, he gives us a lot of this without us even realizing it. But when we follow his word, when we turn from our sins, when we do what his word says, we get even more. We get even more grace. Not, that, not because we earned it, it's because we're doing what he says. There's blessing in that. There's blessing in obedience and there's protection. He's going to give it to us regardless, but he gives us even more when we love him because he loves us. When you leave today, don't go around staring at people, see if they stare at you back, see if they love you or not, all right? But know that God's face is turned toward you it's because he desires to bless you. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for what you've given us in Christ Jesus. As we close our time together today, Lord, we thank you for uh, just what you've given us. We thank you that your face is turned toward us. You're pleased with us. You're happy with us because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. You've adopted us into your family. And Lord, if there's one in here today that's never turned from their sins and placed uh, their trust in you for forgiveness of sins, they've never placed their faith in you, that today they would realize their need for you and they would do so. They would make that commitment today. They would make that step of obedience. Lord, we thank you for how you protect us every day and we don't realize it. We, we, we thank you for how you give us grace every day and we don't realize it. And we thank you how you give us peace when we feel like sometimes there's no peace, Lord, we know that everyone in here has struggles. Some people today are going through hardships, sufferings. But that doesn't mean that your blessings are not there. Let us do as the old hymn says and count our blessings. Count our many blessings. Count them one by one. We're so prone to count the bad things that creep up. And we forget, Lord, that you're protecting us and you're helping us the whole way. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.